Are you a painter? Do you own your own painting business? If so, you'll likely know that having a profitable business is a constant moving target. In this video, Clay and I discuss some business tricks that we've accumulated over the years that have increased our value and profit margins while painting residential homes. What areas of your painting business do you need help with? Accounting and finance, marketing and sales, HR and growing a team, lead generations and client conversions, production, painting tips, communication, customer relationship management, personal professional development, legal contracts. Wow, there's a lot to manage running a painting company. I also discuss what I call the production zone with my state-of-the-art production matrix grid. If you can find yourself the proper balance of speed and quality, you too will be a valuable asset on the open market. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You're listening to the Trusted House Painter Academy podcast, providing expert painting tips, business advice, and a strong community committed to the success and growth of painting entrepreneurs worldwide. Achieve business success and personal growth while giving back to your community. Here's your host, Paul Stein. Hello and welcome, everyone. My name is Paul. I'm your host today on the show. We've got Clay Rock. He's the co-host on the show today, uh, broadcasting to the Academy at Trusted House Painter Facebook page. Uh, the Trusted House Painter uh, Academy podcast here, we help painters grow themselves so that they can grow profitably, profitably in their business. We believe uh, if you're interested in yourself as a painter or a leader of your team, then it'll increase your success, it'll increase your profits, and it'll drive your painting business forward. Um, you can get the more business tips like this from Trusted House Painter Academy Facebook page. So if you're currently a member, awesome. We uh, have got a lot of feedback as of late, uh, a lot more comments and posts. So uh, we really encourage you to make some posts and comments if you have any questions about business, about your painting tips, because that's what the Academy at Trusted House Painter is really all about. It's about advancing your skills as a painter. So today is Saturday, May 1st, 2021. Spring is in the air and the exterior season is underway. Uh, I know this because uh, my allergies start to kick in and I start to sneeze. Uh, we're Clay and I are located here in the Pacific Northwest. It's pretty mild. We've had a lot of sun, a little bit of rain. The flowers are opening up and uh, we're full board on the exterior season and I'm sure most of you painters are as well. As I mentioned, my name is Paul Stein. I'm the host. Uh, the co-host here is Clay Rock. We're also the admins for the Facebook group. So if you have any questions, you can contact us at support at trustedhousepainter.com or you can uh, private message us or just leave your uh, message in the comments and we'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. So uh, Clay, today basically, Clay and I are going to give you some business tips. Uh, we've been, I've personally been in the business for close to 20 years and I've learned a lot through uh, being a painter, running a business, and so is Clay. So Clay, Maybe quickly tell the viewers what you have in store to teach them today. Yeah, so probably one of the biggest things that I learned about running my own business is uh, I felt like my painting skills were um, up there. So I was capable of uh, running my own business and serving my clients. But then once you start your own business, then your painting skills are sort of secondary. Uh, it's something important to continue to learn, but then you also want to start to develop business skills. Uh, so I'm a sports guy. So if you've got a team that's underperforming, often just changing the coach will make a big difference. So as a business owner, business leader, uh, you're essentially the coach of your of your team. Uh, so if you can improve your ability to run a business, uh, then often you can see a much uh, 
more drastic changes than if you just got faster with a sprayer or faster with a, a roller or something like that. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about some of the business skills that uh, I started to develop. <clears throat> and then I think that everyone should develop as well, especially if you do want to have a profitable business. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, and what I'm going to talk about is uh, I'm going to just I'm going to show you all uh, what I call my production or efficiency matrix. It's something that I've learned over time uh, that really helps me create the habit of finding that perfect sweet spot so that time and efficiency and production are all nailed down and the company is profitable. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. It's very basic intermediate stuff, but it's really helpful when you're trying to grow your business, when you're trying to train an employee. Uh, or if you just want to learn how you can get better as a painter yourself. So this morning I went on Facebook and uh, Nick Slav, I don't know if you've all heard of Nick Slav, but it's Ask the Painter Live. He does a weekly podcast uh, video show on Facebook. Awesome stuff. Good work, Nick. Uh, this one was all about decks. So he went into a great depth about decks. I think he's got like three decades of, of painting experience under his belt. I think he's out of Minnesota. If you don't know who Nick Slav is, Google him, Facebook him. And watch a show. Awesome show. I uh, also want to give a shout out to the Painters Helping Painters Facebook page. Uh, made a post on there the other day about how, you know, professional painters uh, make mistakes. That's very common. And so in that thread, I heard a lot of truth. So I really appreciate you guys, the Painters Helping Painters Facebook group. Uh, and it's I'm, I'm on a bunch of Facebook groups and for painters and uh, a lot of them are really good this one is really good painters helping painters so we'll give you a couple painting painting tips today on the show but first i want to ask you the viewer who's listening to this if you're a painter if you're a business what areas of your painting business do you need help with do you need help with your accounting and finance do you need help with marketing and sales how about uh hr and growing the team uh how about lead generation and client conversion how about Production and painting tips. There's a lot of painting tips on Facebook. There's not a lot of business tips on Facebook, which is interesting. Communication and CRM. CRM stands for Customer Relations Management. Or do you need help in personal and professional development? That's what kind of Clay and I specialize in, is understanding the relationship between your business and the client. And that's what TrustedHousePainter.com, the platform, does for you as a painter is it helps you connect to homeowners very quickly, very efficiently. It's meant for painters. So if you don't know what that is, go to TrustHousePainter.com. You can register your painting company for free, and you can start to get leads. You get free access to all the leads in your local area. It's a brand-new platform. I highly recommend you check it out. So Clay and I specialize in the relationship, the third <clears throat> entity that's between the homeowner and the painter. And in, in this part, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with a statement that's kind of controversial. And it's basically this. Just because you're a good painter doesn't mean you're a good businessman. Clay, do you agree with that? Def definitely, yeah. I've seen and, some and great it, painters that uh, go from job to job to job because they don't understand the business side of things. Yeah, that's right. And as a painter, I, I started off painting and, you know, I thought, oh, I can do what my boss does. And so I started my own company. But as you're going to learn from Clay and I today, it's that it's it's not so easy. It's it's I always relate it to like kind of playing ball hockey, road hockey with ice hockey. Now, they're the same thing, but they're fundamentally different when you get on a pair of skates and you start trying to shoot that puck around in the net. Yeah. So I read a book called The E-Myth. And this is what I recommend all painting or painterpreneurs read. It's called The E-Myth. 
The e-myth is the entrepreneur myth. The fact that since, because you've been doing it for so long, you can run a business. Fundamentally different. Um, painters are technically technicians. They're really good at what they do. Michael but Gerber. E-myth, yeah, Michael. Well, there you go. That, that's the book right there. Clay's got it uh, lined up there. Mm. So why most, what does it hold it back up there again, Clay? It says why most small businesses fail and what to do about it. Michael Gerber. It's an old book. Businesses don't work and what to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, and and they, they talk about how businesses, most small businesses fail <laughs> in the first five years. Now, this book is quite old. I think it's probably at least 15 or 20 years old, but oh, Michael yeah. Gerber has written a whole bunch of books. I highly recommend you read it if you're a painterpreneur and you're starting a business or you want to grow your business because it talks about three things, the technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur and how we all wear these hats. Uh, and as painters, we are technicians by trade. We love doing what we do. We take it personally when a client has something bad to say or, you know, yeah. we get offended when something happens. There's an ego that technicians have, which is very, very good. You need that ego. But when you transition into a business, you need to be a lot different. You need to listen more than you talk. You need to understand people a lot more, not only your clients, but also your painters. You need to know how to encourage people. You need to know sales. Most painters don't know sales and client conversion and lead generation and following up. So this book really, it's the Bible for anybody, any painter that wants to grow. So what do you think? Do you think it's true that being a painting painting business is different from being a painter. If you, if you have any ideas, put it in your comment section below. Um, but the, the biggest thing, like the biggest thing that I learned from reading that book was that you need processes and systems. So Clay, let's get into your first tips for the people watching here, uh, in the Academy Facebook page. What exactly, um, what was the biggest discovery or learning lesson you learned going from a painter to a business owner? Yeah. So for me, I started my own company and I had never done any quoting. I had never done any sales. Um, I essentially just sort of went out there and said, I'm a really good painter. You can trust me. Uh, and it was almost like, <clears throat> wasn't knocking on doors like the college kids, uh, but I didn't know how to, A, represent myself, uh, to differentiate myself from the other painting companies that people were looking at. Uh, but then the quoting, uh, the, the quoting process, I had no idea how to look at a project and put together a price for it. Uh, so for me, the biggest learning curve when I started was, um, almost trying to reverse engineer what my pricing was. Uh, because I had started out slow, um, the, I got a lot of value out of reviewing. So my process was sort of like threefold. First, I would create the quote and I created very detailed quotes. So when I would look at the outside of a house, I would decide how long it was going to take for me to do the prep on one window and then paint it the first coat and then paint it the second coat. So my quotes were basically like adding up half an hour here, an hour there, two hours here. So I got very like specific into the hourly budgets that I had. And then when I was on the job sites, uh, probably for the first year and a half, uh, I would start my day with 
a plan of what I plan to do. I'm going to prep that fascia board up there and then I'm going to prep that window there and that window there and boom, boom, boom. So I'd make a list of everything that I planned on doing in the order that I would do it. And then I actually like looked at my watch, said 807, climbed a ladder, did my thing. As soon as I would come down the ladder and figure that I'm done and I didn't need to touch anything up, then I'd write it down 853, very detailed, right to the minute. And then I would just 853, start on the next one and go. So what I learned was how long does it actually take to do something? So at the end of a project, I would always take my quote and then take my actual hours and I would review to see where my budgeting was. Was I accurate? What I did at the beginning was I think I was quoting like four hours to prep a fascia and I realized that it only took two. So I was able to be more cost effective for the client and still like make my my wage. And then later on, I also discovered that some fascias and with certain heights and with crown molding and stuff, some of them are four hour prep. So I got better and better at being able to look at something and know exactly how long it should take to do that which helped my quoting process and further on down the road in having conversations with accountants, uh, I found out what I should actually be charging for my hourly rate. And believe it or not, I think my hourly rate right now is almost three times as much as what it was when I started out. So when I started out because I had no sales and quoting, um, advice or experience, I essentially just took how much money do I need to make on a monthly basis to survive? And then I figured I wouldn't be busy. So I said, if I only work half of that amount, I need to make that. So if I work full time, then I make twice as much as I need and that'll make me comfortable. So I really just guessed basically in terms of how to charge when I first started. But But isn't isn't that this isn't that basically the way you learn though? is by guessing, like you don't know until you try it, right? Yeah, well, I hear you, don't, you don't learn from waiting to figure it out. Like being smart isn't knowing, or being smart is knowing something, but being um, being creative is much better than being smart because you just start to act in your best interest and then you learn from your experience. So what I heard from you there is that you started off bidding based on time, not square footage. Is that right? Uh, correct. Yeah, I've never really quoted by square footage. I did start to do a little bit of square footage quoting when I started to do some new construction stuff. Um, but then even when I did all of my quoting, I would reverse engineer my numbers down to find out how many actual, if I was expecting to charge this, and the square foot told me how much I could charge, well, then based on how much I could charge, how many labor hours could I fit that into there? So I always reversed it back down to how much time is it going to take? Mm-hmm. And Interesting. Yeah. One of, one of the best experiences that I learned was I had this old guy that worked for me. And uh, he used to be a quoting guy for a large um, franchise, like North American franchise organization. They eventually went bankrupt in our city and left. And what he told me is what they they quoted by linear feet. So I said, okay, great. I got this character home, big old wood thing that I've already quoted and we've already sold it. I was like, so 
let's go down there. You show me your process and tell me how you would quote it. And we did that. We sat down and reviewed the numbers. And I think I quoted it around $9,800. And I think he quoted it at like $6,800 to $7,200. And I think my labor was that alone. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. There's always been that conversation of what do you charge per square foot versus how do you charge? And I'm sure we'll get into that um, into more podcasts as we go down the road. So the viewer, I ask you, is that something you want to learn? Do you want to learn more about pricing, uh, pricing strategies um, and, and how you can streamline your pricing so that you can be, feel more confident and not lose your shirt on some jobs? So if you do, put your uh, comments in the comment section and let us know. So carry on there, Clay. What else did you learn basically for transitioning from a painter to a business owner? And, and for the you know greater certainty of the viewers watching this uh, podcast, um, we're in Canada and Clay does, I, I presume you do predominantly residential repaints versus commercial. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I, okay, I so did that, a brief stint when I was growing my business. I realized that I needed some uh, more new construction during the winter months. So I built some relationships there to keep my key guys uh busy um but i realize it's just not a profitable it's great for keeping you busy and keeping cash flow but if you want to really like have time off then new construction isn't where it's going to be good advice yeah, good advice. Right. residential repaints for sure yeah where to go it's cool right on so what's your next tip there for the viewers watching well, based off of like my tracking and everything, I, I got really good at time management um, because I knew exactly how long it would, it would take. Um, and probably one of the biggest things that I learned in how I tracked my tasks from job to job is transition times. So one of the things that I really try to get across to uh, guys when I'm training them is what is your transition time when you're working on the outside of a house? So, for example, yesterday we were power washing a house and had one guy in a power washer, but then another guy who was scrubbing these really nasty gutters. And what I explained to him was, it's only going to take you 17 minutes to actually clean these gutters. Once you go up the ladder, dip of a brush with the soap, scrub this side 30 seconds, scrub this 30 seconds, scrub this 30 seconds. Boom, the whole house is done in 17 minutes. But how long does it take for you to come down that ladder, put down your bucket, move the ladder, get the ladder set up, go back up that ladder? That's going to take you an hour and a half. So once you finish what you're doing on a ladder, how long does it take for you to get to the other section on the top of that ladder? That's where most people spend most of their time. It's not actually in the production of doing the work. It's in the transition time from moving from task to task. And if you can cut down your transition times, then you're going to cut down your production times drastically. That's where you can make the biggest uh, biggest um, advancement in your time management ability uh, is by harnessing the power of actually working hard when you're not working. When I'm working, I rarely sweat because I'm there and I'm being productive and I'm doing what I'm doing. But then as soon as it's like, okay, we're done this task, I need to go uh, back to the gear and, and get rid of this gear and set up this gear because I'm going to start painting now. Well, the time that it takes for me to go and organize my gear, organize my paints, 
that's when I'm actually working hard, but I'm not actually producing. I can't charge the client for that. Uh, so the transition times in which you're not working is really where you want to be working your hardest. And when you are working, you want to make, just make sure that you're being effective. Make sure that production doesn't stop. So if you are up on a ladder, if you're on a ladder and your hand isn't actually touching the surface and like making something change on the building, then you're not working. You're just standing on a ladder. So working hard through those transition times and being more effective when you're actually producing on the job. If you could focus on those two things, then you can probably double your productivity. So time yeah. management is the most important skill that I think every painter needs to uh, understand and go out and try and master as well. Because if you can master painting, great. But if you can't master time management, well, then no one can afford to pay you to work slowly. And I think you're going to touch on this in a little bit here with your matrix. Yeah, I'll show you that with my matrix, which will, which ties in great with what you're talking about. But it's just it's just ironic. Like I've been painting for many years and I'll hire a guy that's got maybe five or 10 years experience and he'll go up a 28 or 32 foot ladder and then he'll just come right back down. He'll say, oh, I forgot a caulking gun. And he grabs his caulking gun and goes back up and then, and then he shouts out to me, hey, do you have a rag? I need a rag. And he runs down the ladder and he grabs a rag. And, he, and it's just like, you know, one thing that I've learned is efficiencies. And that is before I go up that 32 foot ladder, I have a bucket. And in that bucket, empty bucket with a hook is my caulking gun, my rag, my dust brush, some sandpaper, yeah. some things that need to happen that I even a, a blade, a razor blade, just in case there's paint on the glass. That's not me. Because you know how painters always get the blame from other painters, right? So if there's paint on the glass that's old color paint and it's the second story window, you can guarantee that the client will look out the window and say, hey, there's some paint on the glass. And regardless of whether it's the color that you chose or not, that you painted, you're going to get the blame. So while I'm up there, I'll take my blade out and I'll scratch off the little bit of paint that's there just to make it happen. So one that efficiency is is key, as you say, Clay, because at the end of the day, and, and I got to preface this, this, this conversation that we're having here is based on residential repaints in which there's a budget. Now, if you're working on an hourly rate, if a homeowner just says, hey, I'll pay you X amount an hour, go paint, you can make, you can take all the time you want, but that might probably be short-lived once the client yeah gives you your first bill. So this is based on the free market. This is based on the open market of placing your bid based on hours or time that you have to do. So that's good yeah. advice. Any other pieces of advice there, Clay? Well, just to touch on that, if you're placing a bid and you ever go back on a client and say, hey, the price has gone up because it took longer, well, then you're not, you're just a painter. You're not a professional. Um, I think that's probably what the key is there that you're, you're touching on is, when you've got your price, then you've got your budget. And when you go over, then you're less profitable. When you go under, then you're more profitable. And that's what we're trying to help people with. How can you put together a price for a client that's market competitive that they can look at and compare to somebody else and say, well, I get more value for how much I'm spending here. So I'm going to go with this organization. And as soon as that happens, you've done your sales. You've, you've, um guided them through what the experience is going to be like and they know what they're going to get at the end how fast you go determines how much you're going to make as an hourly rate and that's entirely up to you you can control that as long as you don't change this price on the client like i've seen people uh take on projects and put in a lot of time and and make 20 bucks an hour and you know 
you could do the same price and do it way quicker as long as the quality is there and you're fixing up your mistakes as you go if they come up then you can be making a lot higher hourly rate and often at that point clients don't care how much you made at the end they're more impressed with how hard you work and they for sure care is their number one priority how how good is the quality on the house because i'm paying to have my house protected and if you can balance all that then Painting is a great industry, even though we're looking at probably 80% of the people in painting are making about 20 bucks an hour. They're student workers. They're the long-term guys who show up and, and you know, pooch the dog all day. And they're just there to get their 20 bucks an hour, which is great. Good for them. But if you want to be profitable, you want to create a lifestyle, you want to take care of your family, you want to, like, create a house and home, go out there and bust your ass. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think a, a big a big uh, distinction between a painter and a business owner is that, oh, first things first is that like I want to touch base on what you said about going back on a contract, um, estimating, making your proposal and what's listed in your proposal, um, preempting what could happen is a very important part of um, the business. So like you said, you can't go back and say, oops, well, I, I underbid and I need to help, you know, I need to raise the price. However, you can put line items and you can be very descriptive in your details saying it includes this. It does not include that. And any additional work is charged out at X. So mm-hmm. that's for a whole new podcast that we'll talk about. If you want to learn more about estimating, about what you need to put in your proposal, so how you can preempt problems down the road, let us know. Send us your comments at support at trustedhousepainter.com or just put it in the comment section below. But a big distinction that I find what you're talking about, Clay, between a painter and a business owner is that painters see themselves as an hourly rate, whereas a business owner sees them sees themselves as a result. So they don't say, oh, we're, you know, we're making X amount an hour. It's here's my bid because I'm going to provide you with a beautiful house that's going to la- and the coating is going to last five to ten years. And you're going to guarantee our system and our guys are going to be good. And you know, you can trust in us. So your bid is based on a result. It's not based on an hourly rate. And to kind of put your head through that little distinction is very important if you want to grow into a business, because it's not about the hourly rate. It's about the result. And when you're a business owner, you can't be like, oh, we made $400 an hour on that job because you got to include the total costs, which means how many doors did you knock on? Did you include all that time? All the time you went to marketing meetings, every time you spent something, all the hours that led up to the job are parts of the cost of doing business. So yeah. when I hear business owners say, oh, I made $400 an hour on a four-hour job. Well, is that true? Last time you worked. <laughs> when was the last time you worked and how long did it take? Yeah. And what did you do in order to get that job? Truly, as a business owner, you look at the total cost of doing business. Whereas a painter, you look at the hourly cost of doing business. That right there is a big distinction uh, that really shakes the mind of painters that want to transition into into a business. Because sometimes I've done jobs where I, myself, the business owner, is making like 20 bucks an hour. Even less than the guys that I've hired. So there is that distinction. The boss doesn't always make more money than the painter. So, Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's key. Um, Money isn't something that uh, anybody deserves it's not something that um people get money is a result money is a result of something what have you done in order to earn your money um 
it's and never some homeowners, yeah some homeowners actually do care about what you're making on a on an hourly rate those are really difficult homeowners to work for yeah uh when when i go to a house a house or a home and, and, the, and the homeowner says oh i was going to do it this weekend with my son to me that's kind of a red flag because yeah. he's looking at what he charges himself or he doesn't even understand what his profession is. He might be an accountant or a lawyer. And it's like, why would you waste your time? Whereas I find true, um, true homeowners or clients that really care about their home. They don't care how much you're making an hour. They care about a result and they, they care about when they pick up the phone and they call your number that they want someone responsible to answer that phone and deal with whatever problems. They don't care how you do it. They don't care anything. They just want a result. And as a business owner, that's your job in the sales and in the client conversion is to actually teach them and show them why your painting organization uh, is better than the others because the value you provide for them. And it's more intrinsic. It's not about the paint job. It's about the relationship. So anything else there, Clay, that you have to uh, any other piece of advice with respect to efficiency and timing? Uh... Not at the moment. I think uh, keep it short. I think what we really want to do here is uh, help some people with something, sort of open up their perspective a little bit, and then uh, not have us talking too much about what we want people to be learning, but have people asking us what they want to learn. Um, you know, I, I'm happy to talk about any subject, but I want to find out what you, the listener, wants to wants to be learning about and wants to hear about, and uh, we can get on to the next podcast. Yeah, so if you're interested in joining, learning, contributing, or mentoring uh, a monthly kind of mastermind group here at the Academy at Trusted House Painters, uh, a closed private group exclusively for painting painters, painting businesses that wanna really grow their personal development, their business development in a closed setting, then contact us at support at trustedhousepainter.com and let us know if that's something you'd be interested in. Uh, Clay and I have years of experience. We don't know everything because there's a, every time I learn something new, I realize I don't know half the world, right? So um, I've been in many masterminds in the past and Clay and I are, are really um, working towards having a, a monthly or bi-monthly mastermind where painters can come in a closed, private, confidential group bounce ideas get knowledge get information like this so if you're interested um send your comments or put your comments in the uh, comment section below again what areas of your painting business do you need help with is it accounting and finance marketing and sales is it hr is it growing the team lead generation client conversion is it the production and painting tips is it the legal side is it is it the estimating and proposals and the contract the really the, the legal side of business is it the communication and the customer relationship management that you need help with or is it just your personal and uh, professional development let us know we're here for your help and uh, so what I'm going to talk about actually the last thing I'm going to state about the distinction between the painting business and the painters is that business owners need they learn to listen to their clients and they generally don't take things personally. It's very difficult. Even myself, I take things personally when a client says says something bad about a worker or looks at that one flake of paint, paint uh, flake of paint that's sitting in the in in the uh, flower bed, even though it was littered with flakes of paint four hours before when I was painting. But I cleaned it all up, and they just picked out that one. Right. Yeah. Another thing is, is that business owners are always marketing and selling. Um, also, business owners are always hiring. Business owners don't react. They don't say, oh, we got no jobs. Let's start marketing. 
No, no, no. True business owners, you're not a painter, you're a marketing company and you're marketing your painting company. That is the true essence of a painting business is that you are more of a marketer than you are a painter. So you're always marketing, you're always selling and you're always hiring, recruiting because it's part of that process. Uh, and something you touched on, Clay, is that business owners are always planning and scheduling. Painters kind of just show up and say, oh, it's the day, I'm going to put in a day. Whereas business owners, the mindset of a business owner is about planning so that you're most efficient, which is what I'm going to talk about. And lastly, business owners are constantly learning new skills, specifically leadership and managing money. So I hope that this podcast has taught you a little bit about what Clay said, the production aspect. Uh, and what I want to go into right now, let me show you, is what I call my uh, my production matrix. So I don't know if somebody else has done this before, but I've been painting for almost two decades. And uh, I learned this pretty right off the bat. And in fact, it doesn't really even apply specifically to painters in the painting world. It can really apply to any trade or any occupation that you're doing. I call it the production matrix. So let's take a look at this. Uh, this matrix here. So basically you've got the X axis and the Y axis. The X axis is time. The Y axis is quality. So as you can see, or at the very bottom left-hand corner there, uh, that is worst quality and super slow. And as the red line that you see there is the budget or the project budget. So again, this, if, if, if a homeowner is paying you by the hour, then this may not have any relevancy to it. But if you're a typical painting business in the open market and you're bidding on jobs, um, or if you're a painter and you wanna know how to make more money for your boss, you wanna raise, I wanna know how to get a raise. Well, this chart I've showed to so many, um, so many painters, so many other people, and it just clicks. So let me walk you through it. What you see there is the x-axis and the y-axis, fast production and best quality. So let me show you the guideline. This matrix helps painters understand time management while maximizing their profits. The goal is to create habits to keep you in that production zone. The production zone is the blue little piece of triangle that kind of goes at a 45 degree angle upward. Too much quality will produce an overage of the budget, which means less profit. Meaning, if you spend all the time spending quality, well, that by the time to get to that red line will take you forever. And I guarantee you, you will lose profits. And if you lose profits and you're not on budget, you won't be in business very long. So it's not about jeopardizing or reducing quality. It's about finding, creating the habit of finding yourself within that production zone. And there is a little bit of leeway within that production zone for every project. Uh, the third one is um, too much speed will produce poor quality and most likely lead to premature paint failure. Um, so again, if you don't wash the house, if you don't prep and you just slap some paint on it and walk away, put two coats within 10 minutes, you're guaranteed. I, I can pretty much guarantee you, you'll, you'll have some premature paint failure and either the client will call you back or you'll be running from them because you're going to have a whole bunch of clients calling you back. So, and the last one is this matrix generally applies to projects that have been bid and have limited hours to complete. So like I said, if you're paid by the hour, you can spend as long as quality as you want until the homeowner says, finish up, I'm done with paying you. But this matrix is predominantly for the open market, most painting business that bid on things. So let me explain this to you. That production zone, the blue little slice in the middle, it just continues off on an angle forever because 
different projects have different budgets. One project, like for example, a, a bedroom might take eight hours, eight to 10 hours. Well, that red line is the eight to 10 hours. If you go really fast, you're most likely gonna drip paint, spill paint. You're probably gonna have bad lines. There's probably gonna be something wrong with it that the client's not gonna like. And if they identify what they like, you're gonna have to go back and redo it, which in essence is like, why didn't you just do it right the first time? Whereas if you spend a lot of time on quality and you never get to painting, well, then you're going to be out of business really quick. And as a painter, you don't generally know that. That's not why you're hired. You're hired to do good quality work. Well, as a manager, as a painting owner, I've discovered that this production zone is the sweet spot in which you can produce good quality and fast production. So if you can stay within that 45-degree production zone, you will not only stay in business because you'll be profitable, but you'll slowly create the habit of understanding time versus quality. And that's what Clay spoke about briefly in his, in his, uh, in his little spiel there about uh, moving your ladder and being prepared. So tell me, does this sound familiar when you look at it? Does this make sense to you? Is this something that you intuitively know that you've never really graphically put on paper? Because I put this down on paper and I show this to most of my painters especially the younger ones, to help them improve. Because if you can stay within that production zone, if you can get in a mentality and a habit of staying within that production zone, you're not only going to add value to your boss and to your employer and to everyone around you, you're also going to become valuable personally. Because if you create a habit in this, it's not, it's going to, it's going to extend further than your painting career. Um, it's going to extend when you're cleaning chores around your house, when you're fixing your van, when you're hiring workers. Uh, you can spend days interviewing painters, but then you don't hire one or neither of them. So you spent all this time for nothing. So finding this little aspect here, this production zone, staying within the production zone, uh, in my opinion, will really help you stay focused on every job, understanding that it is about making a profit. But at the same time, it's not about jeopardizing your um your quality, because everybody wants good quality. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, but most homeowners do want quality. But some homeowners just want to put a slap of paint on it and go. And as a painter, as a technician, that might, you know, go below your moral standards. And you say, no, I'm not doing that. But as a business owner, you know that there's a price to everything. And if they just want to slap a coat on a paint on it, you can either say, no, that's not what we do. This is who we are. Or you can say, no problem, but here's my terms and conditions and here's my warranty and here there is no warranty to it or whatever. Right. So yeah. do you have any, anything to add to this, this production matrix here? Yeah, this is great. Um, we've uh, talked about this numerous times over the years. Um, Cause uh, for people that don't know, Paul and I worked together a long time ago. Uh, and then the owner of the company just sort of, didn't have an opportunity for me. So I left and started my own company. So I've been working with this sort of concept as well. And this is the first, we've talked about this quite a bit, but this is the first time I've seen a visual representation of yours and mine's a little bit different. So maybe I'll touch base on a couple of the reasons why I see the, see it differently because you have your production zone starting in the very bottom and mine is more like grids. The whole thing is just grids. And then like certain grids are good, certain grids are bad. And you want to, you definitely want to be in that top corner, right? Um, so I, I basically tell people if you're too slow and the quality isn't there, then um, I don't have time to teach you because you've eaten up all the time. 
uh, with older people, uh, more experienced people who do great quality, but they're not really, um, they're way behind schedule. So they're, they're like top quality, but they're really low on the time. Then I go, Hey, the quality's great, but I just don't have the ability to pay you what you actually deserve for this because the budget's been blown. So I sort of have like black holes all over it. It's like, if you fall into this side, then uh, I can't really help you out. Whereas when I'm working with younger guys on here, um, I essentially let them know that quality is something that will take time. So what I value more is production speed. If you work quickly and you get it done and then you come to me and go, Hey, I'm done. And I go, Oh wow. Great. Awesome. Let's go have a look. If there's stuff that needs to be fixed, we could fix it because there's time in the budget. So if you go quick, then there's opportunity to learn. There's opportunity to review. There's opportunity to, uh, like address stuff and see how we could do it differently and talk about how we're going to do it differently in the future. But with brand new people, if they go super slow trying to get that quality, well, it's going to take two years to get that quality anyways. So why slow down in order to get there? Mm -hmm. Why not work fast? Because you are trying to create a habit of doing good quality, but the pace in which you work is a habit that you create as well. So what I find is when people start out and they try to go slow to make it perfect as they're going, they're just creating a habit of their pace. And yes. it's much harder to change a habit of pace than it is to get better at quality. Getting better at quality will naturally happen over time if you have the right mindset, of course. But ch changing from being a walker to a runner, take like, that's mostly just like your decision of how fast you want to go. Yeah. And it's a mindset. Yeah. Once you've created the habit, then your mindset takes over and it's really difficult to break a habit. Um, as and that's why you said planning, like when, before you start your day, you plan, I'm going to do that first, sand it and then prime it. And while it's drawing, I can go over here and do that. That's going to take me an hour and that time the primer will be done. So I'll go back over here. So it's, again, it's time management, speed and time management, right? Another yeah, little thing. You're, sorry. Whenever you're planning a project, if you're not planning how long it's going to take you as well, then you're halfway to losing the game. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that you could use this, you know, feel free to steal this piece of this PDF. If you're interested in having a, a copy of it, just put it in the comments, let me know, and I'll, I'll send it to you, a private message to you, or you can remake it yourself. But if you're, if you're one, one of the things about management and being a business owner is constantly reviewing your workers, communicating with your workers, doing weekly or daily speed checks with your workers, reviewing them because they need to get feedback. And if you wait too long, that feedback is gone and they forgot why this project went bad or went wet and good. So staying on top of reviews and feedback to, to painters is critical if you want to grow your business. You can use this chart with their reviews. So, for example, when you hire a painter for the first time, you can put a pinpoint somewhere on that map that says this is where you're at right now. Your quality is really good, but you're kind of slow. So you're over X here. And so they can see visually dead a point where they are on this map. And then when you interview them or go um, 
review them the next month or the next week. You can say, you know what, John, that was awesome. Last week you were there and now you're moving towards the production zone or vice versa. You're really fast, but you're sloppy. Your quality's low. Your paint drips are everywhere. Your paint is on the glass. That's no good, man. So let's focus a little bit more on quality and then we can move up. So you can kind of pinpoint and through a period of three or four months, you can put this with their review so that they can see exactly where and how they're kind of going towards that production zone. And if you can get your team within that production zone, then you'll be making profit. You'll be, you'll be a rockin' business. And that's truly what it's all about. Yeah. Not even having everyone be the same. You might want to have, uh, some guys who are just super fast and then you got an, another guy who comes in and takes care of some of the details in behind them. I yeah. hired a couple guys that work for one of the biggest companies in town and I was shocked at five years experience and they couldn't like paint a window after we had sprayed the body. And, and essentially that's what they told me. They, they've never been responsible for doing the, the details. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. It's pretty now, interesting. Yes, and it's, again, and again, it's all about efficiency too. If you're spraying stucco, for example, I believe that stucco is one of the most forgiving substrates that you could find, uh, especially if you're back rolling it. Um, and I've I've come I've come to job sites where I check up on a crew and they're spraying a wall and it's like what what's taking so long? And you take a look at it and it's they're using like a three eleven tip on this big huge stucco wall and they're using like three eleven spray tip. And I'm like, ah, oh, guys. So I pull it out and I give them a 525 or something. And it's like, psh, 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 like way faster. Yeah. Now you can make a lot more mess if you're out of control. But it's like, I always check myself. Is what I'm doing the most efficient? And could there be a better way of doing this? I always ask myself that. Because as you know, painters are always ingenuitive and always yeah. thinking about new ways to do things. And how can I do this faster and more efficiently? And how can I make more money? That's the root of it all, right? Well, the professional thinks that, and you know what the hourly person thinks? How can I do this easier? Easier often means not working harder, not being more effective, using less muscle when you're trying to scrape. Oh, maybe there's a magical tool that I can use that will cut through this way easier than, no. <laughs> trying to be more efficient, trying to be like better yourself. But if you're trying to make it easier, then you're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Well, Often, you know, I think easier is, is, a, is a natural form that we, you know, as humans want to go. It's, you know, humans are lazy in nature. Is that true? Or are we just trying to be efficient and make things easy for ourselves? I think well, the key is wrong. Is, I'm lazy too, but I would rather be <laughs> lazy at four o'clock than lazy at seven o'clock because it took me an extra three hours of work to get my stuff done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all about efficiency. Anyways, that's my production matrix. If you're watching this video right now, um, you know, take a look at it. Let us know what you think in the comment section. Does this work? Does it make sense to you? Do you use something else? Do you use a different kind of matrix that you use uh, that really helps you? Let us know. Support at trustedhealthpainter.com. We'll wrap this up here real quick. Um, so basically um, Clay and I just want to know, are you interested in, in, being part of a, a community, learning, growing, contributing, mentoring. Do you, have you been doing this for 20 or 30 years and you would love to just help people out? Um, are, are you brand new at painting? You just left your boss and you started your own company. You're super excited, but you, you don't know how to estimate or you, you don't know how to collect or 
you don't have a contract and they're not paying you or whatever the issue is. There's, there's a million things that go wrong when you're starting your painting company. If you're interested in a mastermind like group, let us know, put it in the comments below. Um, and uh, we'll be happy to work with you and, and create more of a community that helps you grow. And if you want, you can go to, you can join the uh, private group. It's the trusted house painter Academy group um, on Facebook. Go ahead and do that. Uh, again, what are you interested in? Accounting, finance, marketing, sales, HR, growing a team, lead generation, client conversion, personal, professional development. Let us know. Clay, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, this is just kind of like an introductory show, but we plan on doing more of these shows on a regular basis here at the Academy at Trust House Painter. And I hope you join. Any final words there, Clay? Yeah, just uh, let us know what you want to talk about next, what you want to learn about next. And Paul and I have lots of experience within this industry. and uh, I feel like it's safe to say that where we're at, we're, we're pretty good at what we're doing and, uh, and we sort of just can't help everybody. Uh, so we want to start to help more painters. Um, so we just want to see more, more, uh, homeowners having their houses painted properly. We want to see more painters, uh, making a better living for themselves. Um, and we can't paint the world on our own. So we want to help you do it. Uh, but we want to make sure that people are creating a great life for themselves while they do it instead of getting stuck in that employee mentality and or like running a poor business. If you're a great painter, then you can become a great business person as well. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the call here today and thanks for watching the show. Like I said, if you've got any comments, let us know in the comments section. Send us your email at support at trustedhousepainter.com. If you don't have a free membership where you get access to all the local leads, join today at trustedhousepainter.com. It's a brand new platform that bridges that gap between homeowners and painters, specifically for painters. I don't know one other app or platform out there that is dedicated to painters success like this app is. So again, my name is Paul. I want to thank you all for being on the show here and we look forward to uh, talking with you again. Thanks again, Clay. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Trusted House Painter Academy podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share this on social media and to your networks. And if you want to grow your painting business and get targeted exposure to local homeowners, Register your painting company at TrustedHousePainter.com. Together, we can paint the world a better place.